Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 325 for the 18th of Tishrei in Alibir. So subjective reality or objective reality, which one is more real? Which one should we take more seriously? This is a question which has come up for philosophical debate throughout the ages, and it is to this day something which is definitely a point of discussion that comes up a lot in politics and just roundtable discussions and things like that. In the current zeitgeist of the world, uh, subjective reality seems to hold really strongly. We've spoken about this in previous podcast episodes that nowadays it's all about my truth, what is my truth, what is your truth, honoring people's truths. And we've talked about how silly this is because this uh, this concept of my truth, your truth, uh, his truth, her truth, what about the truth? You know, like, are we just like kind of making it up as we go along? If everybody, if we were to just hold subjective reality to be the only true reality, then the world falls apart, right? On the other hand, we know that there is definitely a value for subjective reality. Uh, Judaism very much actually really honors subjective reality to the extent that we know that there are a lot of things in halacha that really depend on subjective reality in terms of what your observation, your perception of the situation is. The whole idea of the establishment of the new moon, the, the new months back in the day, had to do with witnesses observing the new moon. Uh, to this day, when we talk about kosherous laws, we have this idea of a mashkiach who needs to be there and who needs to actually witness what's going on in the kosherous um, environment, right? So there, there's definitely this this interplay of the subjective and the objective reality. We know that when we talk about, we, we had, a, a, I believe, a whole podcast episode where we talked about this, the famous question of if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. And we spoke about how, no, it doesn't actually make a sound. It might produce sound waves, but sound is only produced when there is an observer, when there is a perceiver. So the truth is this this discussion is quite complex and very nuanced. And we know that while objective reality is definitely a real thing, that there isn't a, an, a reality that exists outside of the psyches of all of us, subjective reality is also something real. And they actually have a very strong connecting point. And subjective and, ob- subjective and objective reality really have this like interplay between one another. So why am I bringing this all up and what does this have to do with the Tanya that we're going to be learning about today? Well, so if you've been following along, yesterday we began this new uh, epistle in Igaras HaKodesh where we started talking about the power of 
having 10 Jews come together and learn Torah. And the special power that, that is brought about when this happens, where the divine indwelling, what we know of as the Shekhinah, comes and rests in the presence of 10 Jews who learn Torah together. And then we brought up the idea that this this kind of seems strange, especially in light of the teaching that in Pirkei Avos, that, the, that there's a certain indwelling of the divine presence that happens even when there's less than than 10 Jews, when there's five Jews, when there's two Jews, or even when there's one Jew. And so where we left off yesterday is we started to talk about how there's a distinction there. While that's true, that there is a certain indwelling that happens, a certain spirituality that happens when one Jew studies Torah, it's not the same as what happens when 10 Jews come together and study Torah. So today we're going to focus on the on what happens when one Jew on their own just sits on their own studying Torah in isolation and what they what what happens spiritually in that sense what rests upon them in that sense in that way and what we what it's referred to the the um the result of this learning how the way that it's referenced is that it's called a reward it's they're given a spiritual reward and the the language of reward is is used because it talks about because when we think of a reward a reward is something that's given to an individual that an individual can benefit from in a very personal way so this is where this idea of subjective reality really comes up and this is what we're going to be learning about today that what happens when an individual sits and studies torah on their own then what happens to them is that they receive a, a spiritual influx of light that surrounds them in a very, very personal way, in a very experiential and perceived way that relates to their own experience, to their own excitement, to their own um, spiritual enthusiasm. So it's a very personal, very subjective experience that happens. So let's get into the text and see how the Alter Rebbe explains this. And then for context, uh, tomorrow we're going to actually get into the contrast of what happens when we have the 10 people studying together as a, in contrast to just one person studying together. But today we're going to focus on that one. So uh, for context, again, we are still in the middle of Igeris, uh um, 23, so Epistle 23 of Yigaris and so here we go. So the altar of it begins, and he says, the difference between Hashra'ah, which is this idea of the indwelling, versus the idea of receiving reward, is understood by discerning thinkers. So we said again, Hashra'ah, this idea of the divine indwelling, that's what happens when you have 10 people studying together, versus the idea of reward is just with one person studying on their own. So, okay, so what's the difference? So when it comes to this reward, so the reward is that the um, is, is that God illuminates to the soul who seeks him. It's called, this is a citation from Echa chapter 3, verse 25, with the light of God's Torah, which is acts like a covering which in which God garb, garbs himself. So meaning that the light of Torah is considered to be like clothing that God garbs himself within. And this is why we know that the Torah is called or, it's called light. As it says, uh, that's from Tehillim chapter 104, verse 2, which literally means he garbs himself in light as with a garment, meaning that Hashem guards, garbs himself with light. He, he uses light like a garment. So what does that mean? So there's an association with light and a garment and and cloth, cloth, clothing, right? So, okay, so 
how are we going to understand this? So when we think about the soul, we know that the soul is finite and limited in all of its faculties. So even though, yes, a soul, we think of it as very spiritual, spiritual doesn't imply, doesn't mean that it's necessarily infinite. Spiritual just means that it's not physical. Nevertheless, it still does have a certain limitation to it, a certain finitude to it. And so this is why we know that the light of God that shines within the soul is also going to be limited and it's going to be constricted and, um, and the way that it vests itself within it. So what the altar Rebbe is basically saying here, that when we talk about this idea that like when a person becomes infused with this godly light, it's going to be tailor-made to them. It's going to be really limited in, uh, in proportion to their soul. And this is why we see that these kind of people that seek a God are going to be, the, their hearts will be aroused to during uh, prayer and that kind of thing. And their hearts will rejoice in God, and will uh, be and they'll rejoice in song. So, Afgilat Veranen, which comes from Yeshayahu chapter thirty-five, verse two, which means their hearts uh, will rejoice in Him and exult even with exultation and song, and their souls will delight with the pleasantness of God and with God's light. Uh, as it becomes revealed through the clothing that God clothes Himself, which is the Torah. And it will come out, come forth like a lightning. So this is a citation from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 14. And his arrow comes forth like lightning. And this is, and this is what we mean by this reward of the Torah that, uh, that comes about, uh, which for any soul that labors when a soul labors in Torah. So that's the end of the section. So just to explain that kind of like in more common language and bring it down a little bit is so basically what the altar is teaching us here is that when an individual studies Torah on their own, not in a minion, not with 10 people together. So what happens is that they're drawing down the light of the Torah and that light of Torah is considered to be like a garment of God. And so it draws down into their soul in a very limited way, in a very specific way that's specific to their soul, which causes them to really feel this excitement for God, really feel this enthusiasm for God, which is a really great thing right so that is the subjective experience of spirituality that is gained through Torah study on one's own so it's not to be dismissed this is a very great thing to study Torah on your own and to basically uh, gain this subjective um, feeling this subjective enthusiasm towards God so that's that's the value and that's what happens that's the reward that comes to a person who studies on their own so that's what we're, we learned about today and tomorrow we're going to move on and we're going to talk about what happens when a person learns the, co the contrast of this what happens when people learn with a group with a group of 10 people and what happens in that case so stay tuned and I will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.